Welcome to the Spotlight series. Don't just survive, thrive. Most of us have experienced challenging times now more than ever. The key is how we choose to respond, whether we merely survive or thrive. My name is Nicola Steele, founder of JJP Talent Solutions, an Australian IT recruitment company. With over 20 years expertise, I provide insights on how you can transform your career to the next level. However, we are not just our careers. We are spouses, partners, parents, friends, etc., with a variety of needs and wants. In this podcast, I talk to a diverse range of experts from different professions, such as finance, law, psychology and health, to provide insights on how you can survive and thrive. I don't have all the answers. However, collectively, we can instill hope, clarity and inspiration. I hope you enjoy listening. I'm delighted to introduce Margie Ireland, a leadership coach and psychologist. Margie will be discussing how she helps leaders and their teams develop effective stress management strategies so they can perform effectively in times of stress. Margie, thank you for joining me on the first episode of the Spotlight series, Don't Just Survive, Thrive. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. So, (laughs) Margie, my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. So, Margie, tell me uh, a bit more about yourself and and what you do. Uh, Well, look, my my main thing is I'm passionate about people and their work. And as you said, I'm a leadership expert and coach and psychologist. And really for the past few years, I've been helping leaders and their teams perform even during times of stress. Which we are absolutely in the midst of at the the moment, clearly. Um, And how how did you get to this place now in terms of leadership coaching and psychology? I think you've got quite an interesting uh, background there. Uh, Well, it's a a newish area for me. Uh, About Mm -hmm. um, 10 years ago, I um, was quite unhappy in my work and um, Mm -hmm. was quite stressed out about my work and I don't think um, I had a very good mindset myself and um, I'd been in recruitment for about 15 years or longer Um, and um, I was also going through a lot of um, changes in my my personal life and so um, I'm quite it, well, now I'm quite proud to say and I was turning 40, so I think I was having a midlife crisis. And, oh, wow. Uh, right, right, <laughs> right on my 40th birthday. And um, and so um, I decided to make a few changes, and one of them was my career direction. And, and recruitment was good, but um, it had burnt me out a bit. But what I was really interested in is what motivated people in their work. Like why did they stay in the job and why did they leave? Um and I thought, gosh, it'd be really interesting to do a deep dive on that. Um, mm-hmm. And a friend of mine had enrolled in um, an undergrad in psychology. And I thought, gosh, that'd be really interesting. So that's kind of what spurred the idea. Um, I didn't think, though, I'd be able to get into uni because um, I'd really struggled um, in high school. So... Um, you know, I was really pleased just to get in and um, and then I got in and, and like a lot of, I suppose, mature age students, um, you, you tend to sort of be really focused and um, as I went through, I just got better 
Um, and I ended up um, graduating, which I was really excited about, and then I got into honours. And I decided to do my dissertation on leadership and wellbeing. Um, and that was because I was interested in the, the, the longer-term impacts following the GFC. Um, right. And that was a really interesting study in the end, and I've been able to use a lot of that since then um, in, under, in getting underneath how leaders operate and helping them with their stress but also to help them with their people. Obviously, I'm a recruiter as well, um, and it's funny as well. I, I have a real interest in psychology. I did a geography and archaeology degree, but you'd quite often find me in the library looking at the psychology books when I should really have been reading the geography and archaeology books. But I think it, that fascination with people, um, and I think in your recruitment role, you were in a leadership role as well. So mm-hmm. you could give a really good insight and you kind of found yourself as you you found uh, the study in that that psychology mindset, yeah. um, which is a fantastic story, and and now you're in a, I, I assume a clearer headspace than you were when you were going through that midlife crisis. Um, so we are uh, undoubtedly in a bit of a crisis, to put it mildly, at the moment. Um, we've seen lots of examples of the fright, flight, flight. It's difficult to say that response, (laughs) you know, mass buying of toilet roll, fighting in the aisles over flour and all that kind of thing. So tell me a little bit more about that brain process, how we go from I think it's called the reptilian brain to that smart brain where we're making smart thoughts and thinking more clearly um, as leaders and, and generally as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you raised some really good examples. So, um, you know, we've, you know, we're going through something that we didn't expect, um, that we didn't plan mm-hmm. for. And so when we perceive a threat, even, you know, real or imagined, and I mean, you know, it's for a lot of us, it's a real threat at the moment, a part of our brain called the amygdala um, goes into flight. Is that the reptilian one? Yeah, yeah. So it's often called reptilian or lizard brain, monkey brain. There's all different names for it. (laughs) Uh, Caveman brain. Um, So, um, but basically that's the the thing that goes into flight, fright, fight. And it's to protect us. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like we're transported back millions of years ago, um, you know, walking across the savannah looking for food, we haven't eaten for three days and then suddenly we see dinner and a big hungry lion sees us as dinner. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, we see the lion and we go, do we go, you know, do we run from the right line, which is flight? Um, do we stand in fright, which is basically hope the lion doesn't see me and don't move? Or do we go in yeah. and fight the lion? Um but in 2020, even though we've learned a lot about the brain and we've you know, advanced, we've still got this really old structure and this response. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we see, if you like, really primitive behaviour like, you know, to, you know, st- you know, like buying panic, buying toilet paper or, um, you know, making, you know, being really short-tempered around things like technology and, and, yes. and, you know, leaders getting frustrated 
maybe with team members that they can't see anymore or with your kids because we're spending a lot more time with them. Um, so, so we're reacting. The only problem, though, is a lot of those reactions we regret later. So how do we get out of that mindset? Um, I, I, it, it's very uncertain for everybody on a global scale, but how can we move ourselves into that, that smarter brain aspect? Yeah, that's a really good question. So while the amygdala is sort of in control, what happens is it stops us from accessing uh, the prefrontal cortex, which is, if you like, if you feel your forehead, it's sort of just behind there. Um, and there's a, there's a thing called the frontal lobe, and that's where we do all our logical thought, our you know executive functioning, planning, organising, and it's also where empathy sits, um, and also right. called our smart brain. So when we're in flight, fight, fright, though, the amygdala, if you like, um, hijacks that smart brain, and that's where that saying comes from. I couldn't think straight. That's where it comes from because um, that's exactly, Absolutely. That's, that's exactly yeah. what's happening. So the first thing we need to do is recognise that we're in that place, that um, even though um, we're feeling that fear, flight, fright, we're not about to be eaten by a lion, um, unless you're on safari, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, um, so then you might need to do something about it. So um, but in a, in a lot of ways, and I'm not talking about when your life's being threatened, I'm talking about other things, you know, like difficult conversations, um, having to adjust, you know, all those sorts of things, is we need to just pause. Yeah. And what I mean by pause is to take a breath. And if you like, mm-hmm. take three slow, deep breaths. And, and we, we hear a lot about breathing, but breathing does a couple of things. The first thing it does is it slows down our reactive response. Um, And so even just taking three slow, deep breaths can help. Um, At the moment, because we're spending a lot of time often inside and at our, you know, home office or desk or wherever we've set up our home office, it's to down tools, get up and go outside for a moment. Um, Have a look at the sun or what's going on outside pat your dog and get a glass of water on the way back to your desk. Um, And it seems really simple, but there's actually a lot going on there with settling down that amygdala of yours. It's funny, actually, when we finished our conversation, um, I'm downing my tools and taking my kids, my husband and the dog out for a walk. Not Ah. that I'm in a particularly stressful situation (laughs) talking to you, but um, it's good to get out and see the sky, the trees, etc., and uh, if particularly if you're having a stressful time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you mentioned about leaders now having that challenge and being frustrated by certain workers because they can't see them, um, and obviously most people now are having to work remotely. So how can leaders get rid of that frustration and really engage? Uh, with their new virtual teams? Yeah, I mean, look, another good question, and it's it's a real problem for um, a lot of um, leaders, a lot of my clients at the moment, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, we, a lot of us have to keep operating. Um, look, the best thing I, I, I'm finding is that regular brief catch-ups um, now this, you know, it depends on whether you've got one person in your team or you might have a larger team. And what I'm 
talking about as they call them tap taps and they they they're called tap taps because they're a really short meeting where you tap on the issues and they don't need to go any longer than say 15 minutes and in fact some of the best ones I've seen run for five minutes and it's really just an opportunity to bring everyone together um and you know talk about what they've got on for the day and any known obstacles if anything needs requires a deep dive then you take that away from the meeting um, like if it's you know like offline I mean at the moment it would be online but you're having that conversation separate from that meeting so you're not caught up in really long meetings with the whole team um, and so this allows not only to highlight any obstacles but it gives that visibility you know you're seeing people everyone's seeing each other um, and they're also feeling supported by doing that. So, yeah. Absolutely. So you mean the whole team having yeah. like a scrum um, yeah. in the yeah. morning. Yeah. Um, and I guess as well for, I, mean, I mentioned about my family, um, that I'm at home with my husband and my kids, which brings its own issues. But then you've got people who uh, are self uh, who are on their own with no mm. company. Um, so that's a way, I guess, of overcoming those feelings of isolation and lack of humour in interaction. Yeah, but what absolutely. else can people do to, particularly if they are on their own or to a certain extent, if they're with their families as well, how can they overcome those feelings of isolation and, and that lack of human interaction, do you think? Yeah, well, look, I think, as you say, it depends on the context or the situation. Like um, mm -hmm. I was talking with someone the other day who's an introvert and they're loving this at the moment because, um, you know, they're working from home, they're on their own and they're in the element while the extroverts out there are going nuts because they're not getting any of that people interaction. Um, so I think it depends on what your preference is. Um, but but whether you're whether you are or you know relate to being an introvert or an extrovert, it really is important to keep that connection up. Mm -hmm. um, and so a couple of things, like you said, you know, going out for a walk. Um, I went for a walk the other morning, and um, I think everyone said good morning to me on my walk. And um, and I don't know whether that's because of what's happening. Um, there's definitely a lot of people out walking in the morning um, because I think that's, you know, we can't get yeah. to gyms and all those sorts of things. So that's one way. Um, as I said, doing those tap-tap meetings. But another one is um, um, joining some of those, um, you know, community Facebook groups. Um, you know, my partner and I are on one for our local area and we put up a post um, a photo of a possum that's decided to isolate with us in, a, in our garage and uh, right near a stack of old DVDs and there are all these jokes going around about what movies the possum's been watching. Um, and, I mean, I don't know any of these people and, and, and I've never really bothered with that before but I'm sort of suddenly now feeling part of a community. Um, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm finding just generally everyone seems to be much more human mm. and accepting of everyone else's condition. Um, so, for example, I was on a webinar the other day and there was a lawyer discussing very serious legal things and then his four- or five-year-old child came wandering in um, and he did it with such grace and just the child sat on his knee and he continued to talk about these really serious <laughs> issues. But it was 
it was quite heartwarming to watch. Um, and as you say, when you're going for a walk, people do wave at you that would normally wouldn't normally kind of just getting on with your own business. Um, yeah. It's funny as well, because I'm an extrovert, I'd say. I, I love the company of other people, but um, I'm quite enjoying getting on with things and creating and having room to think as well. Mm. But I, I guess having the, the family around makes it easier. Um, and I think as well, possibly, if you're an optimist or a pessimist, it must be more difficult when you're in isolation, if you're a more optimistic person, um, that that might put you in, in better stead, so to speak. Yeah, um, and, and look, if you are, are a bit like that, I think the other thing that's important to do is um, get off text and get on the phone or, um, mm-hmm. you know, get on Skype or FaceTime. Um, you know, we are a bit of a text culture and um, it's not the same. And so, Absolutely. you know, with friends and family, try and get out of that habit and, um you know, make some phone calls or get on, um, or, you know, teach your parents how to use FaceTime or Zoom. It's not, I'm teaching my mum at the moment. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just, just say, because it's different when you're seeing their reactions and all those sorts of things. This weekend, we've had so many FaceTime calls. Um, and actually, obviously, I'm from the UK, uh, and a lot of my friends are over there. And people that you kind of you don't end up Skyping them or FaceTiming with them because they're on the other side of the world. Well, I'm making much more effort to do that. And it's at inconvenient times, so to speak. Uh, but it just seems to be breaking down barriers and people's perceptions of what they can achieve as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going back to a leadership um, mm. perspective, what ways can you go about being more, more proactive as a leader than reactive would you say I've been talking to a few leaders about this recently and um, something I've suggested for a while is being curious Ah. Um, and I say that because curiosity is another technique that helps us turn off that reactive brain that lizard amygdala brain um, and turn on the smart brain Um, so and it's been proven to do this because when we're curious what we're doing is we're asking rather than telling we're seeking to understand rather than judging and so as a leader even though you might want to jump in and and tell it how it is or or say something to someone because you know they've done something not the way you would or whatever um, particularly in a situation where you know they're not someone that you might not see for a little while or it's, you know, they're already feeling stressed. It's better to, if you like, do the opposite and ask what's going on. So an example of that would be, um, you know, in a group meeting or someone said in a meeting, well, I don't think I, you know, I can't do this, you know, and rather than say, well, you need to do it, say, well, okay, well, tell me more about that. You know, what yeah. do you think is getting in the way? And, look, most leaders do do that, but sometimes we forget. Um, because we're feeling stressed ourselves. And unfortunately, there's a lot more pressure on leaders at the moment. And I really feel for leaders mm-hmm. because, you know, they are having to um, be considered and, if anything, calm. Um, and they might not be feeling that way themselves. 
But what can help calm them down as well is to be inquisitive. Um, and it, so it not only helps the person they're talking to, but it actually helps the leader as well. Absolutely. So stay curious, um, yeah. which kind of brings us back to that reptilian and smart brain that you can overcome the reptilian with that that curiosity. Um, that's that's fabulous. Um, and is there anything else that you'd particularly like to add, Margie, about what leaders and, and teams generally can do to um, be more resilient and overcome stress, particularly at what is a very uncertain time? Yeah, well, I think that's the key, the uncertainty. Um, and, and, and it's just knowing that uncertainty does create stress. It's just mm. how humans roll. Um, and there's nothing wrong with feeling stressed or anxious or worried at the moment. That would be a perfectly reasonable response. So I guess my general advice is be a bit kinder to yourself mm -hmm. um, and how you're feeling um, and perhaps those around you. Um, you know, we will come out of us that everyone's saying that. Um, so the more that we can sort of have some acceptance around that it is a difficult time um, and also try and look to solve problems rather than, I suppose, you know, get into that reactive kind of blame side of things, which we start to see of, we see a bit of, we're starting to see a bit of now because we're sort of coming out of that shock phase. Yeah. Um, so we tend to go from shock to frustration to anger um, to then, um, you know, adjustment, acceptance, and then we start to come out the other side of it. So like the, is it the five, six stages of grief kind of? Yeah, a little six, bit bit like that yeah. um yeah so definitely be kind to yourself and be kind to others which yeah which and is, it sounds a bit anemic but it's so true you know it's um you know we can um very automatically let that self-critic show up um and take over so yeah just a bit of patience and kindness absolutely and I know when when this whole thing really hit me, it was, uh, I remember the 23rd of March and it just hit me like a bulldozer. And I thought, what can I do personally to overcome this? And I made it more external, i.e. what can I do to help people? What can I do to make their lives easier? And when you do those kind of things, it does make you feel better, um, which which is great. Um, and anything else that you'd particularly like to add that you think might be helpful at this particular time? Uh, look, I think um, having a bit of um, routine um, mm. is still a good idea at the moment. It's good for your psyche um, and it's good for everyone else. And I know it's harder when your routine feels like it's been changed quite a bit. Um, but what I mean is, like, for me, you know, going to the gym was my 
my religion, really. Me um, too. In the morning, you know. I think of, that's uh, when it hit me was when the gyms closed <laughs> on the 23rd of March. It was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know, and for a lot of people. And so, you know, I've had to create a home gym. Um, and so, but I'm still getting up at the same time and still doing that, um, even though I don't have to drive anywhere. Um, I mean, I'm lucky with some of my work. I can easily. I have been doing it remotely for a while. Um, but, you know, I'm doing all of it remotely now. So um, so keeping some of those routines, Trill's trying to sort of, you know, if you've got a family, have dinner about the same time or, mm-hmm. you know, keeping some of, some of those things, still keep those in place because that will create some structure around the day and not feel quite so disruptive. Absolutely. Um, I do. I like spontaneity, but structure is really good as well to get you through the day and get everybody through that. And particularly if you're leading teams that you've got some kind of structure Mm. uh, that you're guiding them with as well. So that's awesome. Well, thank you very much, Margie. I've read a couple of your blogs that you, you've written, which I'll share in the, the show notes. And I think are you releasing some videos soon about helping yeah. leaders and their teams. Is that right? Yeah, we just launched them today, actually. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's going to be um, just a really quick soundbite based on a survey I did last week on what leaders felt they need the most help with um, in the short and midterm. Mm-hmm. So um, they're going to be available. I'll be on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'll be able to give you a link to those. But, um, yeah, just really quick um, bites, five minutes, if that, um, for the next sort of few weeks just to help leaders get through this next yeah. stage. So if you send those links to me, I'll show that, I'll share those even on the show notes. Um, yeah. So thank you very much. And I think you also do free virtual consultations as well. Is that right? And I yeah, can add yeah. those on the, how people can access those or put your website on um, and then people can contact you and uh, particularly leaders about stress management strategies and everything. But thank you very much, Margie. Uh, it's really good My to pleasure. speak to you. And anything else you'd like to add? Or um, I know you've you've got a call in the next few minutes. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Thanks very much uh, for for doing this, Nicola. And um, yeah, everyone, you know, stay safe, stay at home, and um, hopefully we'll all be through this very soon. you enjoyed this episode please remember to subscribe rate and review if you're looking for career advice your next career opportunity or to grow your tech team then please call me nicholas Steele, on 0499 773 546 or go to our website jjptalent.com.au the don't just survive thrive podcast is part of the spotlight series which includes the YouTube channel Spotlight on Software Development. If you want more insights into the software industry, particularly tech startups, then subscribe to the Spotlight on Software Development YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Until next time.